0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. A Scottish football podcast that isn't obsessed with just two teams? Niche nonsense? Or surprisingly brilliant? You decide. The Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. The cult Scottish Football Podcast now adapted into a hit TV show. Search the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast on your chosen podcast player now.
1: The summer's behind us. How did that happen? But football is back. Beer 52 are celebrating this by generously offering free beer to you, the Newcastle Natter listener. They're offering eight craft beers sourced and curated from the best breweries on the planet free. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash Natter and just cover the £5.95 postage. Beer 52 is the world's most popular craft beer discovery club with over 150,000 members that they sent a brand new case to every month. Every month's case has a different theme. Past themes have included uh, beer from New Zealand, South Africa, Korea, all over the USA and Europe, and uh, the American Civil War. No, that was a joke. As an independent British company, Beer 52 are passionate about the UK craft beer scene, which they continue to support during this difficult period. If dark beer is not your thing, you can simply choose the light option and your case will come with the award-winning beer magazine Ferment and a tasty snack. Don't worry, though. If you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash Natter to get your first case of eight beers for £5.95. That's www.beer52.com forward slash Natter. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I am joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And live from the northwest, Dave Watson. Hello, chaps. How are you?
2: Good
1: not bad not bad at all considering we are two games into our uh the new season three goals each scored by a debutant no goals conceded it's it's the start to the season everyone's talking about happy Paul? yeah I was pleasantly
2: well not that surprised by the West Ham games. I think we all thought West Ham would be terrible and they they fitted the bill for that. But yeah, it was sort of so many debutants on our side, no idea what to expect, and a lineup that we weren't expecting. And a pretty easy three points really. A clean sheet and an away win. You don't get many better starts than that.
3: Yeah, I I wasn't I wasn't convinced by the uh, by the uh, the of at all, was I? Uh,
1: fucking hell, Dave! Right, I'll come to you. I'm the host here <laughs> <laughs> because I wanted to introduce you in a particular way. Um, yeah, me and Paul went to watch the game together in a real in a pub. pub. Yeah, and it was terrifically enjoyable, and I was very excited. First game, game season. And uh, we've got a, a, a WhatsApp group. And Dave uh, popped in at, let's just see where we. Dave popped, where was the first tweet? Dave popped in at like half seven and said, uh, what, there's a, a full stop after each of these words, what in the fuck is Bruce? playing at. And this is after <laughs> seeing a lineup which showed that we were playing it looked like we were playing M442. That's all you could see from that lineup. And it was as if 442 was this radical system. It's so famous Dave they named a magazine after it. Dave's response before we'd even kicked a ball this season was as if Bruce had decided to field six humans and five dogs. <laughs> well, just no goalkeeper. <laughs> just... No Eight goalkeepers and three right-backs. It's just like, what is he playing at? This is insane. <laughs> as if it was like the most radical football formation ever seen in the history of football. <laughs> <laughs> Do you regret that? Nick? I feel like I. Uh,
3: I mean, you know me quite well. No, I don't <laughs> regret it. I don't regret it at all. My to be point fair, was, you have a
1: right of reply. Explain uh, your feelings in that moment and, and why. It's just because away from home
3: uh, against ostensibly our like league rivals, they'll finish up roughly where we expect to. To play away from home, playing four four two, with um, like without a, a, a true right winger playing, and with I don't, I don't know I just I just felt like with playing with Carroll up front with with Wilson, I I didn't think that that would necessarily work away from home against uh, West Ham, who we've got a decent center half partnership. I just I just thought it's asking for trouble, especially playing Hendrik wide, right? That, I think that was my biggest issue. Um, cause he, he's, <laughs> I think he's not a right winger. I mean, he had a fantastic game. He absolutely <laughs> did. And, and all the rest of it, but before the, before the game, and I wasn't alone in this, I know you can't take Twitter as like, as, as anything other than a hot bin fire of shit. But, a lot of people were saying, why, why is he not playing Almiron? Why is he playing Hendrik and playing him there? Why, why you know, there were lots of questions about this. So I think I was, I was, I was
2: I, was I think you were right. Dave. You were vindicated <laughs> by the, the shocking performance Jeff Hendrick had. It was On his was, debut
1: with a goal and an assist. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was, it was funny. I mean, to be honest, you know, had I not, seen the lineup through the filter of being introduced to it with the words, what in the fuck is Bruce <laughs> playing at? I might have looked at that lineup and gone, oh, that's a bit weird. It was unexpected. After what you said, I was looking at it expecting to see toddlers. <laughs> Dive a like suddenly John Carver had been brought in with a playing contract. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, it could have gone horribly for Bruce, but it didn't. He um, Since the game, he has – because Almiron obviously started the uh, cup game last night, which mm. we'll talk about later on. Um, and uh, Bruce sort of was explaining that obviously that was a disappointment to Almiron that he didn't start the first game of the season. I had wondered, or oh, maybe there was a fitness issue or something. There wasn't, apparently. But um, his thinking was that West Ham are quite a physical side, and basically we needed some more mm. physical players. And you wouldn't put Amoran in that
3: category. Um, I want just to very quickly on the point that you just mentioned about the the physicality. I thought that um, it took I think it was like seven or eight fouls on um, Alan St. Maxman before a yellow card came out, I, I thought they. They didn't know how to deal with him other than to just kick lumps out of him. Uh, I think that, I mean, there was only two yellow cards shown to the West Ham side, and I think four or five of the, the tackles, the, the fouls on Alan St. Maximum were yellow card offences. But um, yeah, when you when you mention the physicality, then I think that's that's evidence that they're a very physical side.
1: Well, speaking um, of physicality, you could have been proven right within about 20 seconds of the game that Carol <laughs> should have started because he went straight in with an elbow, which he was very lucky not to at least get a yellow card for, right, Paul?
2: Yeah, I think the only thing that saved him was that he'd done it within 20 seconds. Sure, but it, do that's it the him. sort of thing you would have thought VAR would have stopped players from even doing. It wasn't a... Mal- it didn't look. It's not like one of those where he looks over at the player, then gets an elbow in. He's sort of jumping with his elbows in a fairly natural way. But it's. I wouldn't sure. have been surprised if he'd been sent off for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is the case that if you are that tall and you use your arms for leverage, is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah, you will. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, come into contact with a cheekbone or two, and. Um, I found it terrifically enjoyable as a game. I found myself just, just after that summer, after lockdown football and that summer of takeover talk and years and years of miserable stuff surrounding Newcastle. Just having those three or four signings just before the start of the season made me so excited about actual football, and uh, and West Ham were and are awful. It was still an enjoyable game to win, right, Dave? Definitely.
3: I think, I think as, as I mentioned before, they're, they're a team that I expect us to to be around at come the end of the season. So to take three points away from them, at, you know, at their gaff on the first day of the season, where we're rarely very good on the first day, game of the season. So to, to win away from home... It's, you know, it's, it's a great win because if we're picking up points away to West Ham on the first day of the season it means that come the end of the season we don't have to go to West Ham to get three points you know we've got them in the bag and it's yeah it was really enjoyable it was so much fun to see Alan saint Maxwell and get on the ball again I thought Lewis had a really good game on the, on the left hand side I'd be excited to see how he and whoever plays on the left they link up because I think Lewis yeah he was really exciting but I think I said it on the um, on the WhatsApp group, seeing an actual striker play like an actual striker, getting in the box, having shots, creating space for, other, for um, his teammates. It was like Wilson was, it's a, it reminds you of what we were missing last season. It was he a really
1: Yeah, Yeah, fucking brilliant. Really, really good. It was great. And we won't always, I think we probably won't always have that partnership up front he did work really well with Carroll, right, Paul?
2: Yeah, I thought, wasn't expecting to see the front two, but it reminded me a little bit of Shearer Bellamy. Not quite the same difference between the two, but having that mix of like just Carol taking all the pressure off him, having to do everything. Wilson's movement becomes so much more of an asset because Carol's just drawing players out. I thought as well it was just, yeah, coming back to the fullbacks. I think both fullbacks were involved in the build-up to both goals as well, and I think it's been a long time since we've had fullbacks. You could say that about which looks so much more balanced down each side.
1: Yeah. It isn't. It is nice to sign players who have played in the Premier League and immediately, yeah. immediately seem up to speed because we do suffer from that every season. That it takes, even if our signings turn out good, it usually takes them a while. To adjust to the league, but we've got so far uh, all of our signings have started really well. Um, and we've still got Ryan Mankey, to come in and twice. I'll be exci- Go
2: on.
3: I was going to say, I'll be excited to see how Fraser and. Yeah, we'll come. Yeah, come. I was going to say, I was going to say that the, the to see the. Um, partnership that fraser and, and Wilson had at Bournemouth see if they recreate it for us i think that's that's really exciting because it's ready made i think i said it last time it's a ready made production line of goals or at least you know chances um so
1: hitting the ground running, especially in this season where everything's compressed is is vital and uh because we've got these new signs that have all added quality and not lost any of our uh half decent players. We've got more bodies to sort of occupy the defence. Do you know what I mean? So, in uh, Saint Maximin and Carroll, they're both two players who take up a lot of energy from a defence, certainly of the, of the standard of West Ham, right? All
2: yeah, the I think for last, other players
1: last season, basically a lot of our
2: games there would be four or five players around Saint Maximin because you knew if you stop him, you stop us. But now it's like you've got him to worry about. You've got Wilson. You've got players like Almiron and Fraser who didn't even start, who can cause trouble. And then once they're all occupied, you've got better options in the centre.
1: Yeah, they'd be around St. Maximum. But if he was able to get the ball away to a player who was in space, that player invariably was Joe Linton. Yes. Absolutely (laughs) nothing of worth that that man can do with a football on the evidence of her time in, uh, in English. At
3: Newcastle. Because what's, what's exciting for me is that, like like Paul says, you've got a bunch of players that are going to um, uh, offering options, but we've got so if, if St. Maxman's drawing fouls, we've got Shelby and Fraser and Lewis who can deliver a set piece of a decent standard. You've got Carroll who, like you say, he's going to is going to bully a centre half all all game if he stays fit and everything and wilson who's pulling off making very intelligent runs all of these players combining it just gives us options like like you said last season we had st Maximum, and that was the only tactic so now now bruce's got um a plethora of options ahead for him to to really get his his stamp on the game cuz last season to give him is due, he only really had Joe Linton as a striking option because um, Carol and Gale weren't fit for the majority. So now he's got this. He's got no excuse. He's, he's got to be
1: able to get a more attacking style um, out of us. Well, he's got to be able to get results, right? I mean, it's not necessarily... I don't think we're at the stage of the football club where we need, as fans attacking football right we just need better
2: results that's the way I I feel anyway I think the thing that's going to help us with that is the fact we've got a striker who gets in the box now yeah even towards the end of last season Gale showed that if we play with that type of striker even Gale's essentially in some ways a budget version of Wilson but our team was so much stronger just having that focal point I think now the, sort of, the Joel Linton as a striker experiment seems to be over, albeit apart from the League Cup. I think that yeah. that will help us more than anything.
1: Uh, still, I think according to the stats, we still uh, had, even against West Ham, even in a, a game that we never really looked like losing, um, we still didn't have the majority of possession, right? So we're never, we're, it seems as if our plan will still be never to really. I mean, we'll go on to the League Cup game, which wasn't our first 11, but we certainly didn't dominate possession in that game. So it seems like our plan is still going to be we're not going to be seeing much silky football. We're just going to see a lot of nice counter attacks, hopefully.
2: I mean, I said to you a few yeah, times during
1: that game, yeah. it's,
2: it was like we were watching Burnley, not in a bad way. It was four four two set up with kind of hard working physical players, and strikers taking their chances, and a defence that's hard to break down. It's not yeah. it's not sexy football, but it's it's whether we're going to play like this a lot of the time. Because I think we sort of all said last week we'd definitely like to see a four two three one, and that front three was sort of Saint Maxim and Almiron, Fraser and Wilson. So I think. Mm. think how successful and how stylish our season is, we won't know until we're about ten games in. I wouldn't want to set up four four two with Hendrick on the right every week, but I don't I don't think that's something that's oh, gonna now happen you, either. Now you're coming around to me. Now you're coming around, are you? Yeah. Oh but I think it's, it's just
3: doors, but
2: I think it's just expert <laughs> management from Steve Bruce that he's just
1: picked courses <laughs> and, <laughs> and got us into the Champions League bases. I don't think we're at the stage where <laughs> <laughs> Demanding stylish football. We're not going to be hitting the cover of the panel and go. No, uh,
3: no. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that we should be playing, you know, exciting f- football every game. But I'm just saying that now that we've got these options on the pitch, it means that we we needn't play that passive low block with an isolated striker that we saw for the majority of the season. We don't need to play that way. Because we've got options that, that mean that if 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 Bruce thought that that was the best way that we could, he could get points with that team, well, he doesn't have. He's not restricted by that um, that that team anymore. He's got more options. So, you know, we've got a, a left back who can bomb forward instead of, with all due respect, Paul Dummett, who's a decent Premier League defensive fullback, and we've got another winger of. of you know genuine quality in Ryan Fraser and most importantly like we said we've got
1: an actual fucking striker well i was about to move on from this game but i i, I realized i haven't actually talked about the goals so um <laughs> <laughs> uh, like i say we've got both the goals were from uh, debutants the first one uh Mankio, i think deserves a lot of credit for yeah for beating a mad getting a cross in and he, if most improved player was an award that we gave out, now I would he'd be in the running for me. Yeah. Um, and then Jeff Hendrick, who I hardly noticed in the first half.
2: Well, when it fell to Jeff Hendrick, I don't know about you, but I thought, "What the fuck is he
1: doing <laughs> there?" <laughs> It is, I was, to be I fair. was angry <laughs> he didn't really play as a winger did he he sort of played no. a, inside a lot with Manquillo running down the line right he was he he, came, he almost he drifted in a lot, lot. Yeah. yeah every time we had the
3: ball he, he drifted more uh, more central and every time uh, West Ham had the ball he, he pulled out <laughs> wide to provide more cover to, to Manquillo. right yeah. yeah. um,
1: but yeah, he, but yeah, he got it he got well. and then Wilson bundled it in. Wilson bundled it in with a goal that, um, what's his name, David Moyes, wasn't happy with, high boot. You wouldn't have been surprised if it was disallowed, would you?
3: Not hugely,
1: Like, I, I think it's one of those that, because it went
3: in our favour, I think it was fine, but had it gone against us, yeah, I probably would have said, "Well, it's high, but I'm surprised he didn't go with his head because it looked head high. So I would have thought, you know, just throw yourself at it. It's going in the net if you get contact. So just, but well, fuck it, it's a goal. So yeah, um, and plus David David Moyes needed something to to. Um, like deflect away from the poor performance. So he criticised the referee um, and he also, yeah, that goal he, he specifically pulled out to criticise, but he, he was uh, intimating that um, Newcastle were very physical and, and and we were, we were breaking up the play and um, the referee gave us everything. Where well, I think, I think the I mean, as I said before about uh, St. maximum getting fouled all the time and only one yellow card, I think that's not, that doesn't stack up. That's, I honestly think that Moise is just deflecting because that was a shit performance by West Ham.
2: Speaking so of West their West shit performance, sorry, have either of you seen the compilation someone made of Declan Rice's best moments of the game? <laughs> no. <it's> so good. <laughs> it's, it's just like good. a minute of him giving the ball away with techno music <laughs> playing over it. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs>
1: Uh, they, he's a the... Right? Yeah, they look like they're going down. They were bad. Yeah. Sure, surely David Moyes will be gone. That's the thing is, who knows? Because you would imagine David Moyes would be gone in a couple of months. Yeah. And then someone might come in. But and it's and... not really his fault, right now. No, but because they might not signing anybody the that keeps them up. Yeah, the yeah, club is a mess in the way that we start yeah.
3: seasons. Yeah, but like getting back to Declan Rice, he's one of those players that everybody seems to rate highly, but I'm not entirely convinced what he actually fucking does because he's not—he's not like a out-and-out out, um, Czech to, to defensive midfielder. He's not like a Michael Carrick who's pinging balls around, but like Marshall in that midfield. I, I don't know what he fucking does, and yet everybody seems to rave about him and say. You know, England, Well, he is an England
2: player, and I just I don't get it. And every I time think, I've watched him play, he's been shit. I think the thing with him is he's sort of fairly bland, and it depends on what he's paired with, with what you're going to end up with, much like Rice.
1: There you go. <laughs> very good, Paul, very good. Never off. <laughs> I think Deck and Rice is the name that sounds like a good footballer. Sounds like a, either a that's football why he's getting... or, or a, a, an Irish breakfast DJ. <laughs> I think he sounds, he sounds
2: like a football manager regen. It's not a believable name.
1: Like yeah. Michael Pastor. I think I, I get this is what I'll give Declan Rice is I get the idea that he's the sort of player that you don't understand why people rate, and then you go and watch the game live and you go, oh he's got something about him. You know what I mean? Uh, there's a do you lot think
3: he's that kind of like, like that metronome kind of player who gets the ball and passes it on and it's quite clever and occupies space yeah. well and, and all that it's kind of shit that you understand so about?
1: So many midfielders that I never really appreciate until I actually see them live. It's like I always knew Scott Parker was a good, good player. I always knew he was a really good player. But when I saw him live, I was like, I... Was in awe of him, Scott Parker. I just could see mm. just, there was so much quality there that I never appreciated on TV. I think much in the same yeah. way. Probably a lot fans of the
2: teams we play often probably think, "Who's this Isaac Hayden?" Like, there's probably not much to do about him. But I thought he was immense against West Ham.
3: So yeah, I think we want we should really talk about Hendricks' goal because yes. That that was that was a peach of a goal from start to finish. That like um, Almiron's run, the pace that Almiron had. I mean, I think it was pretty much as as soon as he came on, he was he was through on goal um, almost immediately. And 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 then yeah, the the the, the goal that he laid on for um, the assist that he laid on for, for Hendrik. Really good balance. Really good movement. Precise pass. Hendrik had the the wherewithal to take a touch, and then it's one of those goals where he didn't seem to put loads of power into it, but still seemed to generate a lot of power in the shot. It was just really
1: no, well taken no goal. No back. Yeah,
3: that, just, yeah. It was yeah. just a really classy, really classy goal. It was. It was. That was the goal. That that excited me the most. Not not Wilson's, it was it was that one, because Wilson's was a bit scrappy, but yeah, Hendricks was a lovely goal.
2: Just a whole,
1: you know. It was well like a really yeah, low,
2: really low budget version of that Ronaldinho goal against Chelsea, where <laughs> he stood on the edge of the box and sort of pretends he's going to kick it and then does. It's the same sort of movement, but...
1: <laughs> if you... Um,
2: I did clarify,
1: very like, low they, budget... Yes, if you're, looking for, uh, if you're looking for an indication of how rationally optimistic we are after one game <laughs> of the season, Jeff <laughs> yes, has just been compared to Ronaldinho. Okay. Um, but, uh, to bring us down from petty uh, heights, uh, speaking of players, Jeff, if Declan Rice sounds like he's a good player, Jeff Hendrick does not sound like (laughs) he's trying to be a good footballer, does he? No, he
2: sounds like a prog rock guitarist.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, um, let's have a break now. And then uh, perhaps to bring us back down to earth, we'll talk about the Carabao Cup.
0: Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike, e-bikes that are cool AF.
1: Welcome back. Good break, guys.
3: Great break. I learned a lot about myself. Good. It's
1: about time. There's a lot more to learn. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so uh, let's talk about the Carabao Cup. Now, uh, last night, as we speak, we were uh, we played in the second round of the League Cup. Uh, not something that we traditionally do well in. We played against Blackburn Rovers at home. The only way of watching the game that I could find to watch it like on a half-decent stream was to pay £10 for it. And I decided to do that. I paid £10. I'm so excited about this season that I paid £10 to watch us play in an empty stadium in the Carabao Cup versus Blackburn Rovers. I wasn't able to get downstairs until about 10 minutes into the game. I gave them my details, I paid my £10, and as soon as the payment went through, my son shouted from upstairs, Daddy, I've my pants! <laughs> well, um, I think everyone was excited about the <laughs> 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 Yeah. So, uh, uh, the general agreement on Twitter was... Spending £10 on that game was a bad move. But I got enough enjoyment out of it, but I'm, I am different about football than most people. I only see the positive things. Um, <laughs> did you actually manage to watch the game, Dave? I think you did, right?
3: Yeah, I, I managed to get a stream that I didn't have to pay £10 for, but I did have to close pop-up ads, but I still think that, um, that, that I shouldn't have. It was. I know you see the positives, and I'm... Becoming the one who only sees the negatives, but that was fucking awful. It was a terrible, terrible performance. Um, I I didn't understand the the uh, the lineup um, again. I just I didn't I didn't understand why when you've got players who who, who started well. Uh, and maybe need a bit more time to get used to the the, the, the team and, and maybe the, the way that um the way that Bruce is going to set him up like we we could have we could have kept the same same centre halves we could have kept the the same full backs lewis didn't look too tired at the end of the west ham game um we i, I don't know I didn't, Thought Wilson could have part and like he could have i don't know i, I didn't i didn 't really understand it I was really frustrated because the the way that we played was so similar to the the previous season where we were so passive um we, it was a, a deep line um defensive block um we weren't putting pressure on the ball we weren't releasing almiron and, and Joe Linton quickly enough it was just it,
2: it's fucking awful. We're losing
1: you a little I'm, bit there, Dave. Yeah, it was it was quite
2: really, glad nearly as bad as your
1: connection. Because yeah, we didn't hear you that well there, Dave. But well, the general vibe is that it was fucking awful. We we only missed the end. I should clarify. Um, yeah. Dave, Dave is in his room with
2: electricity and magnets,
1: which is probably affecting <laughs> the signal a bit. we are going to work on that Vegas magic show. <laughs> 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 look at the mesmerise itself Paul did you manage to see the game
2: I looked I weighed up the options between paying 10 pounds to watch Newcastle Blackburn in the League Cup and chose the, you know, the far more entertaining option of watching the ITV drama about Scottish serial killer Dennis Nilsson <laughs> <laughs> and it was a wonderful choice Okay. Fair enough. To be fair, there was a lot of Matt Ritchie energy coming out of David Tennant's performance.
3: <laughs> I think. I think my my big my biggest issue was um, the the way that he set us up. He, he could have just replicated what we did against West Ham, which was to have um, what like, the same play- lineup that you, you, you said so uh, was insane. No. <laughs> This a similar setup. So instead of having, you know, if if he's gonna, if he doesn't want to risk Carroll, which is understandable, then you could play Wilson and Joe Linton. You, you could, you could. He, I'm sure Wilson could have managed two games in that week. And he, you know, the, the game that's coming up against Brighton, it's it's not a game where I would think that our players needed to be dropped. Like all rested for this game, like for the 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 Blackburn game, I I just it was too many changes for my liking, and I don't think it was necessary. And I think that that showed in the performance, which was really shit.
1: Well, I you know my thinking is, I, I first of all I admit that it wasn't a, a sparkling display. It was a bad performance. It was a performance that got the result, but you know. In terms of Blackburn, were all over us, effectively, and we just let them play football. Um, I would say, I mean, it makes total sense to, in the first league cap game of the season, use, before the transfer window closes, use that as an opportunity for all the players in your squad who aren't necessarily going to get much football over the coming weeks uh, to get some minutes in. I think that makes total sense to do it against Blackburn, and when it comes down to it, that did actually work because we still went, we still got through. And, you know, you're sort, oh, of saying, you're sort of saying his selection for the first game was absolutely insane and he's absolutely insane for not doing it again.
3: No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. At all, <laughs> I'm, I'm Those saying... Those are
2: your exact words, Dave, and we can, we can play back the pace. <laughs> <after. laughs> Please do, please do.
3: No, I said the the, the setup, like the, the way that we played against West Ham, we could have replicated with a changed side. But why were we? I mean, we set up with three right backs in the team. In the first eleven, we set up with three right backs: one at left back, one at centre half, and one at right back. It was like we we have enough centre halves that we could have played. I mean, we could have played Fernandez again, or all the cells again and Clark we could have played if you know if, if Manquillo needed a break then then yeah drop him and play Kraft or at yeah, right back
1: I think a lot of sides use that for the League Cup though isn't it there's a lot of players who are not going to get a start for a while in the first team unless you do it in the League Cup there's probably a lot of players who've been made a promise you will play in League Cup games I think
2: as well, I don't mind massive rotation for the first round of the League Cup in what is going to be our most congested season ever. We need to rest first team players and we need a, a fit squad, not just a fit first 11. I don't necessarily mind that. The, the big selection things, like Dave's saying, having the three right backs, there's too many sort of punts sometimes when we're. I don't see why we couldn't have played a striker up front instead of Joe Linton. And I don't see why we couldn't have played a centre back instead of Kraft rather than just going, this hasn't worked every time we've tried it, but let's try it again. They're the bits I think you can rightly quibble with. But I think for the first, I would, to be honest, I was thinking change the entire first 11. If we get through, it's a bonus. And that's what happened.
1: Yeah. I mean, I thought Dummett was fit, but I guess he's not, which is. Why he didn't play? Because I guess it shows that we still actually don't really have any strength and depth at left back. Um, but Fraser got his first start. He has his first start. He played his first football since March. I thought in the first half, uh, I found him very exciting as a player. He was there was more to his game than I. I was previously aware of. I just saw him as uh a nippy winger who did that very well. But he had like so much energy in that first half when he had zero energy in the second half <laughs> and was taken off in sixty minutes before sixty minutes, like understandably. But there was a moment there when I thought he was like Edgar David. He was like <laughs> he like he just like he was so you know tenacious you know it's like he he sprinted to win the ball on the halfway line I was very impressed with that so we've signed um, Edgar um, Edwards and three. Ronaldinho this summer which is yeah useful <laughs> well, well only one of them managed to manage Barnett it's <laughs> <laughs> hard to argue with that yeah um yeah, Ryan Fraser. Choose which path you want to take. Do you want to manage Barnet, or do you want to end up in prison like <laughs> Ronaldinho? <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, Ryan Fraser, uh, uh, and then he got himself a goal with what was, admittedly, from a Newcastle perspective, the only real moment of quality in the game—a uh, lovely uh, run and pass from Almirón and a really mm. confident finish from Fraser. It was good, right, Dave? You'll admit yeah, that was yeah. a good moment, right? That was a really, really good moment. It was. It,
3: it makes me think, if, if we are going to try and play a four four two 4 2 again, um, at least we've got somebody on the bench, like I'd assume Al- Almiron will be on the bench, and Fraser and St Maximum would start up, Um, it's it's exciting to see somebody who can come on the pitch and and with the amount of pace and dynamism that Almiron's got and change things if if we're not going to play that um, uh, 4-2-3-1 that we spoke about if we are going to play 4-4-2 at least we've got depth there Almiron looks I mean in the the cameo that he had against West Ham and I thought he was one of the better players against Blackburn yeah it was really good the other other player I think deserves a mention um, is is Gillespie? I thought the keeper had an outstanding game.
1: wasn't ever really protested, but he did look very confident. He had a real command of the area, right, Dave? Yeah, um, I thought
3: he, he made a couple of good saves, and uh, yeah, he, he commanded his area. But he, he certainly looks like a, like an, an adequate second choice goalkeeper, which. I mean, I won't go too much into it, but we've just given Carl Darlow a, a long contract. And I don't really understand, because Gillespie has looked decent against Blackburn. Darlow's not going to be first choice out of Dubravka. So I don't really understand why we've extended his contract, but that's that's a by-the-by, really.
2: They seem to feel at the club that Darlow's come on a level, which I guess we'll find out in the next sort of six, seven games. It's going to be a while before Dubravka's back. But I think Gillespie is hmm. much more seen as like the younger option. I would, from what it looks like from the outside, Darlow's number two. Gillespie isn't actually younger, though, is he? Isn't he? How old Quite. is he? We've we, like we got rid of him when he was like
1: fourteen, didn't we? He's twenty-eight. Oh, is he? But yeah, yeah. But he is a Geordie who hasn't played at a particularly high level thus far. I think he is. You know, looking at his career, you would say he's a, likely to be a third choice keeper. But he did have a really good game, and I guess Darla got that contract because he's rated, he's actually played at this level, and you know maybe at some point it could be you know. It's good to see Gillespie doesn't think, look you know? terrible though,
2: because we mm. if Darlo does have a bad start in the next few games, at least it's not. It's not like, remember when we threw in Jack Anik in the mm. Premier League and it was it was a pretty, like, bad decision. But I think as well, long-term, Freddie Woodman looks like he's probably going to be our number one after Dubravka. Really?
1: How many yeah. fucking keepers have we got? We've still got Rob Elliott as well. We, I haven't think he gone he, now? I think no, Rob Elliott. Elliott's gone now. Oh, he's gone. All right, okay. Yeah. Right, he's gone back to his pay a decorated business. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've, I've always thought that Rob Elliot looked like, at pay to decorate. Um, so uh,
3: it's not really much to talk about the Blackburn game because it it was there is. weren't very many there weren't very many chances for us, and I think we've covered like their chances by saying how good. Again, Gillespie had. We had no control of the the centre midfield, but then we had Sean Longstaff and Dan Balazir in
1: the centre, so they're not really. I well, don't think either about, of them are defensive midfielders. Well, let's talk about them. It was the midfield where we completely, uh, from a performance point of view, lost the game for me because we did make uh, Blackburn look very good. They played around us a lot. They just didn't really have any. Um, incision in the final third. Sean uh, Balazer, who I think is likely to be off, uh, looks okay. Sean Longstaff looked really anonymous to me. Didn't uh, hope at that level he, you know, by now, should have the quality to like make an impact on that kind of game. He was so poor last season,
2: apart from sort of half an hour against Bournemouth when he played further forward. he sort of a worry about him. I'm not... Was Matty Longstaff injured? I, yeah. think
1: he was, you know, I don't think he was even on the bench. Yeah. So, yeah, he must have been injured. Um, but, yeah, Sean Longstaff did not have a good game, which is disappointing uh, and makes you wonder whether he might be sort of fourth or fifth choice Midfielder might not get that many Premier League minutes over the mm. next few weeks. Who knows?
3: The, the, fight, probably around the, the corner. The thing for me is that Barlaza looks far more the the um, the understudy for Shelby than than Longstaff does. I don't know. I don't know what's happened to Longstaff, but he just he, he can't impose himself on a game, and he doesn't seem to. I don't know, maybe he doesn't have the confidence or, or maybe he's not getting the instruction. I don't know, but he just, he doesn't look up to it. And that's a real shame because I remember, what, like a season and a
1: half ago, he they were talking about 40 million quid to man you. Mm. Yeah. Barlazer was, yes, he was Shelby, like in the sense that he really liked to sort of spray a cross field ball, but not necessarily um, particularly accurate. I found in that game, Uh, but uh, nice performance from Fraser. Clean sheet into the third round of the cup. No goals conceded so far this season. Another debut goal with the informed team in European football.
3: Also got a quite a nice tie against um
1: Morecambe in the in the
3: next round. So that's
1: Morecam away, so that'll be another opportunity to progress. Uh, it'll be another opportunity for um, a completely changed lineup again.
3: Another opportunity for Joe Linton to play a very isolated role up front and not
1: get a decent game again. Maybe even Rolando Arend will get some minutes. He's got to go, hasn't he? He's still on our books. So um, I'll go to social media right now, um, bringing us on to something we have discussed already. Uh, Nick Bird says, how do you solve a problem like Joe Linton? He did play, uh, as we say, he started uh, in the game against Blackburn. I think he was supposed to be playing up front, but it felt to me like... Uh Almiron was our centre forward. Here's a stat. Really. For you. Joe Linton seems to be out on the left. Here's a stat. Joe Linton
3: had more touches in our box than he did in theirs. <laughs> right. Well, there you go. He, oh, he just he doesn't seem to know he's a striker. Or he's supposed to be a striker. He he doesn't seem to want to be in the box. The stand in the box and Almirón and Richie and Fraser will get the ball to you if you're in the box, but he was dropping so deep. If you look at the heat map, it looks like he's. It looks like he thinks there's lava in that box, and he can't get too close to it. It's. it's, I don't know how you solve a problem like Joel Inden. Is either you change the way that we play and have lots of um, skillful players near to him.
1: Like Almiron, um, uh, Fraser, and and at the maximum, or you take out a very generous not. life insurance policy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I've defended him more than most,
3: and it, it's just at the point now where I'm like, it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen for him at, St- at Newcastle unless drastic changes either happen to the management or the
1: style of football that the manager plays. I think it was one of you too. Was it you, Paul, who said on WhatsApp that you'd take eight million for him now? Yeah, definitely.
2: I mean, it's it's sort of hard on him because we keep playing him as a lone striker and really isolated, which we've, mm. we've shown isn't his game. So at least stick him out on the left, even though he's supposed to be a striker. Remember when he signed, the player that he kept getting compared to was Firmino. Mm. You sort of think maybe... You'd have to play him in a very attacking 4-2-3-1 with all that movement around him. I think if we had Firmino up front on his own last season in the Joel Linton role, he probably would have looked about... Well, he would have underwhelmed.
1: But not mm, to that really three. feels like someone's got some paperwork mixed up there. If Joel Linton is Firmino yeah. with his touch, where where is the... Is it that he's Brazilian? Where is the Firmino comparison? I think it's more the comparison of that type of striker where it's
2: not really one who's going to get in the box. It's all about link up play for the the wingers around him. Sure. Mm. But again, I've not but seen anything from Joe Linton to convince me that he could necessarily do that role either. And yeah, because I, mean me, no. really yeah, I mean, you're looking for Mino.
3: Yeah, you're looking for Mino, even on his worst games. His touch is still there, his application still there, and uh, I think Joel Linton's now at the stage where he's not even really putting in a shift. Yeah, and that's that's the minimum you should be doing as a, as a footballer. You should you should be trying, even if you're being played in a position or a role that you're not comfortable with. You should still be, you know, running after balls and challenging and stuff, and you should still be able to track a ball. And he's just—he's not—he's not doing anything. And either his confidence is completely shot, in which case he needs a fresh start, or he's just not very good. In which case, forty million quid—it was—it'll go down as one of the worst signings in, in Newcastle's history.
1: So, okay, so we've had um, Jeff Hendrick and Ronaldinho. We've had Joel and Firmino. Is there <laughs> I don't know if we have compared no. Joe to no, Firmino. We've just discussed them in the same sentence.
2: Yeah. I would. I compare a... Linton to Stefan Givash, maybe.
3: Albert Luque. that's the yeah. one for me, because we were told Albert Luque, He's he's a wide forward, but he's he's good, and he looked. He couldn't. He couldn't trap a ball, so. Yeah, but the, it's Luque for me. Okay,
1: um, although Luque, I felt like. There was evidence that he had done it in another league. But I never really can mm. see much evidence that Joe Linton had ever really done anything particularly good. It's the most baffling signing. Even if,
2: like, if Leicester had signed him, you'd be like, well, they occasionally spend big money and it doesn't always work
1: out, but they're willing to take that risk. We like <laughs> smashed our transfer <laughs> records to sign him. It'd be like, it would be like if a German team now signed, I don't know, Muto for £40 million. No, someone who's done a bit... Jeff bit Hendrick. <laughs> Jeff Hendrick or Dwight Gale. Right, Thomas Burkham says, uh, a little comment from here. him here, uh, for the first time since the early days of Raffer. it feels good to be a Newcastle fan. Uh, I would agree with you there, Thomas. Uh, the Reverend Joe Kinsella, I don't know if you're a real reverend, Yeah, he is. We've talked to him. We've had
3: this discussion. Yeah, Yeah, we have. He is an actual, factual reverend.
1: Okay. Uh, Well, reverend says, uh, what constitutes success for this season? Is it staying up mid-table? Is success having an actual takeover? Or with the spending that's been done, is it time to just move on? It seems we're still in the endless loop of of Ash being here, longer term uh well we made our predictions in the last podcast didn't we and we were all i think i was like 10th or 9th or something dave you were like 13th or something i think we were all agreed that we were hopeful of uh mid table uh hmm. anything less than that would be disappointing when you consider how optimistic we are right now right guys I would
2: say anything below 14th would be a disappointment, but
1: top half would be success this season. I agree with that. I think with this season, considering those signings and everything, we are looking for something more than just survival.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Challenging for Europe unlikely. I would take a
3: broader look as well and say that an improvement on the football that we saw last season if we can if we if we see better football but we end up around about 14th on round about the same amount of points as we had last season I'd still see that as a success because then that's progress if we consistently see bad football and you know we end up roughly the same then i i wouldn't count it as a successful season.
2: Yeah, I think a bit more innovation, some wild tactical gambits like the 4-4-2 that Bruce pulled at the weekend. So that sort of thing this season is what I want to
1: see. Now, Paul Frick. M, <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it. First game of the season, 4-4-2. Four, four, when have you ever seen that formation? <laughs> uh, Paul M says... Uh, which country or region do you think will be behind the annual takeover attempt next year? Far East, America, Wales? Or would a local takeover excite you more? Anton Dex, Ding, Jimmy Nail Consortium. Um Yeah, I
3: mean I think the next bid is gonna come from the US. I don't know if it's gonna be that Maurice, Maurice, whatever his name is, but I think after after the Saudis it'll be It'll be an American conglomerate uh, One American Bidder has, has apparently tabled a bit of 400 million for West Ham So then They might switch their gaze
1: Well north, I know I will know. know of one uh, American billionaire who might be looking For something to occupy himself with Early uh, Next year Trump would you take him? No. No. Okay, no. Right. okay next. Uh, I'd like to see... The Saudis?
2: <laughs> I'd like to see the Mexican lads come back in. They were... Your the
3: leggy group, yeah.
2: They were mooted for a bit and then disappeared. I want us to have Mexican owners.
3: If, if only for the, the puns. Yeah. The puns alone, like, the it would be Tack Over, which would be fun, and, you know, Buritun... Okay. Very good with it. Keith's ideas.
1: Yeah. Oh, very good. Dave, Dave. <laughs> David. Dave, I've got a semi. <laughs> um, I'm, yeah, I'm genuinely impressed. Michael Galloway says uh, When's the last time you had a pepper army? For me, I think I did have one pre lockdown.
2: I, can't I don't make. think I've
3: ever owned, like, owned one I don't think I've ever eaten
2: a okay. I gave my dog one A strenuous car journey That's <laughs> the
1: most recent time I've interacted with dog. It's beautiful um, Andy Sheldon says Who's going to be the hero of our season And is it too early to say Wilson um, Go on, quick shout For who's the hero of our season Wilson there oh, are both good shouts. I, as Tim Sherwood would say, good British shouts. <laughs> I want to say Jeff Hendrick. <laughs> Who knows, Jeff Hendrick? Well, the form he's in—he yeah. thirty-eight goals and thirty-eight assists. There you go, a record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, right. Our next game is uh, against Brighton. It's at home. It's on Sunday. I think it's a two o'clock kickoff. It's on Sky. I was feeling very positive about it after the West Ham performance. I did manage to see Brighton against Chelsea. And although Chelsea in the end won it quite comfortably, I thought Brighton looked really good. Did either of you see that game?
3: I didn't see it, but I followed, like, you know, I watched Match of the Day and all the rest of it. Yeah, echo what you said. They looked good.
1: I think it might be that Chelsea are quite bad defensively. Mm. But I do think Brighton are going to pose more of a threat than West Ham. That's my thinking.
2: Yeah, well, I think Blackburn Definitely. poses more of a threat than West Ham. <laughs> yeah, they did. They did. <laughs> what I would say is that the, the
3: recent games against Brighton, they've been low scoring in affairs. Uh, there's been four goals in the last, like, in total, over the last six fixtures, and it's it's pretty even. There's like three nil nils, a one nil win for them, a one nil win for, well, a two one nil win for them. Actually, we haven't beaten them in six games. Yeah, fuck it, we're gonna lose. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Do you reckon uh, if Bruce went with that lineup against West Ham because uh, he wanted us to match their physicality? Surely he's going to be thinking along the same lines against Brighton, right? Brighton aren't the physical side that they were under Hughton.
3: I mean, they've still got some some you know big lads, but they they play a nice style of football. You know, it's Potter's got them playing on the deck a lot more. They're actually quite good to watch, Brighton. They do lack quality because it's Brighton. They haven't think got like, superstars.
1: Got Adam Lana now. Uh, do you think they'll go 4 4 2 again? We'll go 4 4 2 again, Paul? I don't or? think
2: so. I hope not for this game. This is the sort of game traditionally we've struggled with, where we it's a game we should dominate. That's what we've struggled with in the past. I feel like we've got the players to do that now. I think I'd like to see 4 2 3 1. Maybe with Alma on for Carroll, but I think I, I think he might go four four two. Just for the impact of a fully fit Carroll, which we've not had for a long time. But I, I would say it'd be hard for Bruce to drop Carroll or Wilson after the West
1: Ham game. I wouldn't hmm. be surprised if we go four four two. Actually, I mean be... Carroll hasn't, ha, hasn't scored a goal or played ninety minutes since the mid seventies, but. <laughs> He does. He's an effective player,
3: isn't he? When but then yeah. I would. All, I would also say that it's likely that he'll go four four two because he made wholesale changes for the for the league cup. Yeah, and and Al played. You know, he, he he had a short cameo against against West Ham, and then he played a lot of the. Did he play the full game against? Um, Blackburn or did he? was he replaced I can't remember but the point is he played you know he played in both fixtures I'd be surprised if he was given a starting role against Brighton in the league
1: so I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see 4-4-2 meetings running out of time so give us uh, your score predictions please Dave 1-0 uh, loss Fantastic Paul 2-1 win I'm going to go for my traditional one-one. I think. I think it's a. I think it's a one Um So there we are. You've got the full spectrum there of uh, predictions. Uh, but I guess we'll leave it there. Um, it's nice to talk about football, and yeah. it's nice to talk about whatever we thought of the performances and the selections, to uh, very pleasing results. So, thank you very much, Dave. I hope we're here next week to talk about another. Pleasing pleasing result. Thank you, Dave Watson. Thank you, Paul Doolan And thank you to you, the Newcastle NASA listener. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.
0: Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now and is available wherever you've got this podcast. You're going
1: to lose a number of people to the flu. Ford Social Podcast Network.